Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is on the air. Your host, Nathan Wilson, with Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, is excited about providing information every gardener and non-gardener, homeowner, and apartment dweller can use. From vegetables to containers and compost to pruning shears, Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is here for you. Now here's Nathan. Well, good morning, gang, and let's get our garden on this morning. Of course, I'm Nathan Wilson, and so glad that you've decided to join us here in the new Southern Garden. We have been on an adventure for the past few weeks, talking about growing vegetables. Now, we've already talked about some vegetables that can be planted in sort of the cooler temperatures. At least the beginning of their life needs a little bit of colder uh, temperatures and then of course um, as they grow and develop they don't need extreme summer heat so that's why starting them in late winter is a good idea things like carrots and things like um, uh, potatoes onions if you've missed any of those shows uh, by not being able to be here every Saturday at 10 a.m. then you can check us out online at newsoutherngarden.com but we're going to continue our adventures into the vegetable garden this week and talk about a very special and tasty and crunchy and crisp vegetable <laughs> called cucumbers. That's right, cucumbers. Don't you love them? I don't know. Maybe not everybody does, but they are easy to grow. And of course, you can get them started in a couple of weeks or so. With that in mind, the reason why I say you can get cucumbers started in a couple of weeks is because they like warm weather, they like warm soil. And if you live here in the north part of Georgia, if you're listening directly or maybe you're listening on the podcast from another area, we did have very cold temperatures uh, just this late part of the week. So we're still watching that. That is our classic uh, late frost, maybe even a freeze because I know that in my area... We did get to like 31.8 degrees at least. And that is below freezing, right? So what we see is that disease. That disease that I call spring fever. Remember, spring fever sets into our bodies in the late part of winter when we have several weeks, several days of nice warm weather. But we know there is always a chance for a late frost or freeze. Now, you know, in our zone, um, April 15th is that last average last frost date, meaning that we may have some frost or freezes before and some frost or freezes after. But generally, by the middle of April, it's okay to plant in zone 7, give or take. So... There's no reason to be rushing out, buying plants and putting them in the ground as far as annuals and tomatoes and peppers and things like that go because they there is still this chance. Now, I'm hoping that this weekend was the last frost or freeze, but we'll see. We will see. We're still not technically in the clear yet. So again, there are plants that are 
you know, landscape plants, say peonies. I know at the uh, Lanier Nursery and Gardens where you can find me throughout the week, our peony selection was busting up through the pots, putting on large, voluptuous buds that will be blossoms in a few weeks. And of course, that kind of growth needed to be protected. So maybe it's not just something uh, that you are planning to plant, but maybe something that's already planted that needs protection. Remember that hardy trees and shrubs can handle this kind of weather. I mean, I know the pear trees are already leafing out. Oaks are on their way and maples, uh, they've done their blossoming and so their leaves are starting to unfurl, but they are used to this. They are very hardy and very tough. It does not mean that some of the very tender tips, some of the very tender growth right on the tips of the branches, uh, it doesn't mean that it won't get some frost damage or winter damage, uh, but the plant itself will be okay. So I had a question the other day about a dogwood. Somebody asked me if the dogwood needed to be covered, and of course, it's like a large tree. <laughs> I said, well, it's going to be very difficult to do that. But even if you did, um, you'll only be protecting the tips, the tips, that tip growth that has opened and developed within the past couple of weeks because it's been so nice, but the plant itself is going to be fine. So just be on the lookout for these late frosts and late freezes. And remember, don't let spring fever get the best of you. We want to plant uh, things at the right time so that we will be most successful. But on to today's topic because, of course, that frost this past week is behind us. It does not mean that there won't be another one. But Cucumbers. Today, we're going to talk about cucumbers. Of course, we've been highlighting uh, each week now, we've been highlighting a special type of uh, either root crop, uh, shoot crop, <laughs> or fruit crop. And of course, today, cucumbers fall into the fruit crop because it is the product of the blossom. The cucumber itself it is the product of the blossom, a fruit that we are trying to grow, achieve maturity, and then slice up onto our salads or sandwiches or whatever you do with cucumbers. Maybe make them into pickles. But regardless, cucumbers are great. They're easy. But there's a few things that we want to talk about to make sure that we are most successful at whatever we do when it comes to cucumbers. Now, first of all, if you didn't know this, cucumbers, they are a leading commercial crop, and they are grown around uh, all over the world. Some form of cucumber is grown around the entire world. And of course, they're very popular in home garden vegetable plots. Now, what we actually are trying to produce, the plants that we're growing, the cucumber plants that we're growing, we're actually growing them for immature fruits that are used either to slice and salads and process in various ways. Think about it. We make pickles, we make relish and other condiments out of cucumbers. Cucumbers are relatively a quick growing crop and of course they are grown throughout the United States. Now in addition to the field and garden kinds, cucumbers are also grown in greenhouses or some other controlled environmental setting, maybe even indoors with the use of, of um, grow lights and things like that. And of course, if you are growing them in a greenhouse over winter, say you're a commercial producer of cucumbers, you are going to get 
top dollar premium prices during the winter months since you're growing this fresh, crunchy, summertime vegetable through the winter months. Okay, now, technically, cucumbers are in the same family as melons and pumpkins and squashes. Okay, all of these types of plants are in the family cucurbitaceae. Okay, cucurbitaceae. Now, that, of course... I usually just uh, uh, make shorter and say cucurbits. So cucumbers are cucurbits. Melons are cucurbits. Pumpkin squashes, they're all cucurbits. They are also sometimes known as vine crops because, of course, these plants, uh, rather these fruits, grow along a a vine uh, that either can climb or crawls on the ground. You know, pumpkins, they make a vine, they crawl, and then the fruits pop out along the vine. The same with cucumbers. Now, the family, which is also known as the gourd family, it's got a lot of names, it does consist of about 20 or 96 uh, different genuses, but there are really only three that are of some kind of um, importance in commercial production or even in the garden. Those are going to include the cucumber and musk melon, which are called cucumis, and then also watermelon, which is called citrullus, <laughs> and the pumpkin and squash group, which is cucurbita. So there are three main groups. Just know that, that within this big family of plants, there are particularly three main groups which are producing these very desirable and most commonly grown vegetables. Not that there's not other important ones or ones that uh, may be unusual to grow, but these are the main groups. Now, the cucumber itself is called, botanically, cucurbita sativus. Or sativus, however you like to say that. Now, that particular genus or group of plants, it does comprise about 40 different species, and they're very closely related to muskmelon, honeydew, and cantaloupes. So, even more specifically, now we see that cucumbers are very closely related to cantaloupes. Who would have thought it? But if you think about cutting open a cucumber and cutting open a cantaloupe, you have this edge around a, um, let's see, a very fleshy edge around a center that is chock full of seeds. So you see that their fruits look very similar, even though there are some differences. So yes, your cantaloupe is related to your cucumbers. Now, before we talk more details about these, I do want to say that the reason this is important and the reason that I'm emphasizing it is because they are in a very closely related group of plants. That means that diseases on cucumber may also follow on to your cantaloupes or vice versa. So whenever we're growing these two kinds of plants or three, honeydews, muskmelons, whenever we're growing them in a generally same area in close vicinity, even neighbor to neighbor, just know that diseases and potentially insects that affect one may affect the other. So it's important to know, that's why I like to go into these details, it's important to know the history, the history and the the genealogy of our garden plants so that when we have a problem, we can be better prepared and to either prevent that problem or helping it uh, go away on one plant or the other. So now here's the thing. There is a little tiny fruited cucumber 
that's processed in a very similar way. It's got a funny name. It's called the gherkin. It's a tiny little, it looks like a baby kind of dwarf cucumber, but it's probably uh, no bigger than a small egg, okay? Probably smaller than an, a normal-sized egg. But it's a uh, unique uh, type of cucumber. Uh, the designation gherkin probably came from the German name gherki, and the true gherkin, or the West Indian gherkin, is a completely different other species, and it's thought to be from Africa, as far as its origin goes. But I just wanted to mention gherkins because you don't see them often. Um, I will say that I have not grown any, but I've known someone who did, and they're just cute little cucumbers. Pretty tasty. <laughs> now, the cucumber itself is generally believed uh, to have come or be native to India, and there is evidence that says uh, that it's been cultivated in West, Afri uh, West Asia for more than 3,000 years. Now, from India, it went into Greece and Italy, and then the Romans, you know, long time ago, the Romans were very fond of cucumbers, and then it moved later into China. Now, most likely, it was probably introduced into other parts of Europe by the Romans. Remember, they started conquering and taking over. And there are records that show that the cucumber cultivation appearance or cucumber cultivation's appearance in France was in the 9th century. And then in England by the 14th century. And then in North America by the 16th century, about middle ways through the 16th century. So this very special, very unique crop, well, I shouldn't, no, uh, it, it is unique. Even though it's related to a lot of other garden vegetables, it is unique. Cucumbers itself in its shape and its taste and its form and the way it grows, it's a beautiful plant for the garden, but more importantly, it is a beautiful plant for your dinner table. So we've got a really big show today. Of course, it's all about cucumbers, and we are going to be talking about their flowers. We're going to be talking about how the plant grows. We always try to do that when we talk about our specific vegetables here. We, flowers are very important, so we're going to get to that when we get back. But then, of course, we're going to talk about how the fruit sets and develops. We're going to talk about different cultivars and types as far as groups go, because depending on what you want to do with a cucumber will determine what kind of cucumber you'd like you need to grow and then of course we'll talk about some insects and diseases we've always got to mention that so there's a lot coming up on today's program growing vegetables we're talking about cucumbers this week so hang on tight we'll be right back with more Hey gang, it's Nathan. Thanks so much for listening to the New Southern Garden Podcast. Of course, I love providing you with horticultural information to get you growing and growing well. But sometimes you need more than just information. You need plants. So I'd love for you to join me at Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, where you can find me throughout the week. But you can find more than just me, of course. <laughs> at Lanier Nursery and Gardens, you can browse through our wide selection of ornamental trees, glorious shrubs, and colorful perennials and annuals. And I want to thank all our listeners who have already made the trek to Lanier Nursery. It's been a pleasure to meet you and hear your gardening stories. We've got a wonderful crew of folks who 
are just itching to help you grow your best garden ever. So check out LanierNurseryGardens.com for more information and be sure to like us on Facebook and Instagram. Now, let's get growing together. Well, gang, this morning at on New Southern Garden, we are getting our cuke on. That's right. We're talking about cucumbers, everything cucumbers that we possibly could. We've already talked a little bit about the history of cucumbers, where it came from, how it moved around the globe, when it arrived here in North America, and, of course, a variety of its, uh, its uh, botanical topics as far as what it, uh, how it's classified, how the taxonomic uh whatever goes down because of course it is in that family with cuc with uh cucumbers is in the family with uh cantaloupes muskmelon watermelon gourds essentially they're all in a very large group called the cucurbits or cucurbitaceae and knowing how one grows may help you grow another but before we get into some of the details of the cucumber plant itself and its flowers, which the flowers are very unique and very important, because remember, when we're growing, well, we'll get into that in a minute. But let's talk just briefly about some of the production of cucumbers. Yes, you and I will be producing them in our home gardens on a small scale, but around the globe, and particularly here in North America, uh, just listen to some of these facts here. Uh, really, the Commercial cucumber production is almost equally divided between processing and fresh market types. Remember, those are the two main types. As with most vegetables, which crop are you going to produce to eat fresh and which crop are you going to produce to chop up and can or put into recipes and things like that? Now, in the United States, Michigan has historically been uh, the leading state for pickle production. Then North Carolina follows behind it, and Florida and Texas. Get this, yields of pickling cucumbers average about six tons per acre in the United States. That's a lot of weight. And sometimes, uh, well, kind of ranging from three tons here down in South Carolina to more than 12 tons per acre in Ohio. Now, pickling cucumbers are marketed fresh-packed refrigerated or brined, right? Put in some salt water. And uh, fresh Pratt Pack is usually the predominant product, meaning they are ready to eat, freshly packed. Now, Georgia does follow in line with some of this production. Florida, Georgia, California, and Michigan lead in the fresh market production. The average yields for fresh market slicers that are picked by hand range from three tons per acre in parts of the U.S., uh, the eastern U.S., but California <laughs> can, can harvest over 16 tons per acre. Oh, California, all the things you do. Now, top yields can be much higher, so that's not just necessarily the baseline that's more average. Uh, there, the, the fresh market cucumbers that are produced early in the marketing season, like I already mentioned last segment, they are a high-value crop in most areas of the United States. That Anytime you can produce, let's say you want to get into market gardening and you're going to use your garden to produce things maybe for a local uh, uh, farmer's market or something like that, anytime, this is the general rule, anytime you can produce the earliest crop, 
you are going to get the premium price, the high dollar, because of course, you're the only one to market. You are, there's the supply is limited and the demand usually is high. So the price is high. So keep that in mind. If you ever plan to turn your back garden into a market garden that you can take to one of our local farmers markets. Now, around the globe, more worldwide speaking, cucumbers are still extensively grown. Most of the crop is used for fresh market, however, and China, that's right, China does lead in the production uh, of cucumbers around the globe. That's followed by India, Russia, United States behind Russia, and then, of course, there are some various and other European countries. Now, in addition to all that, There is some greenhouse production, particularly in Northern Europe and in Japan, and then to some degree, a lesser degree, there is some greenhouse production of cucumbers in the United States and parts of the Middle East. So just to spend a few minutes uh, on today's program talking about how extensively this crop is grown and used around the globe, we cannot emphasize it any more than that. It is an important crop. It, It can be very high dollar crop for people who are growing this plant. But you, you, on the other hand, aren't probably looking to uh, ship 6 to 16 tons of cucumbers to any kind of market. You are probably wanting to grow several pounds, as many as you possibly can fit, into one or two rows or however large your garden is. And so today, let's continue our conversation with cucumbers talking about the plant itself and sort of the vine types. I do want to start with vine type because this, again, the cucumbers and squash and muskmelon and cantaloupes, they're in the vine crop families. But cucumber is an annual plant, meaning that it only grows for one season, it produces its product, and then it dies, the plant dies. Then, of course, we regrow them the next uh, spring. But it has this prostrate vining type growth. Prostrate means it runs along the ground. If it has something to climb up, it will climb up and do that as well. But of course, that sort of results from this branching of the main stem into several trailing side branches. That's how the plant looks itself. There are three distinct types of vine growth that can occur in the plant. There's indeterminate growth, determinate growth, and compact growth. Now, indeterminate growth uh, or indeterminate vines, they continue to grow until the plant dies. Determinate vines have a similar uh, growth pattern, however, um, their vines terminate in a flower cluster. So before we talk about compact vines, let's talk about indeterminate and determinate vines, the differences there. Even though they may be about the same length as far as plant goes, the indeterminate vines continue to grow, continue to flower until the plant dies, which means that you can harvest um, more cucumbers from that plant for a longer period of time. Now, determinate vines, even though their plant is just as long as an indeterminate type or can be as long, the determinate type plants are going to stop at the tip. When they are done growing, the tip is where the, the blossoms will be, and you will have those plants, uh, sorry, you have those fruits to harvest, and that's it. No more harvested fruits. So keep that in mind, whether you want to, if you want to grow a plant that you're going to be using for fresh on salads throughout the summer, definitely go for indeterminate types. But if you are going to pickle, 
if you're going to uh, grow your cucumbers to be processed or stored or however you want to use them in large batches, be sure to grow determinate types because that means you can pick all of your fruits at once. And then what happens is you can take them into the kitchen and process them, can them, freeze them. I don't think they freeze well, but however you're going to do it, that way you're doing all your labor at one time. So indeterminate types are best for fresh eaten, uh, freshly used cucumbers. Determinate types are best for processing because of the time in which that they, uh, that you would be harvesting your fruits. Now, lastly, there is a type of cucumber or vine type that is called compact. Now, compact vines, they have this considerably shorter length to them. They're very smaller uh, than either the determinate or indeterminate types. So keep that in mind. It would be great to use compacts on um, patios and whatnot if you're down in the city and you don't have uh, much in the way of space or you want to use containers then probably using a compact type, a more bushy type, would be ideal. In addition to uh, having very unique vine types, the way that cucumbers uh, produce their blossoms is very unusual as well. And of course, we don't have much time for this break until this break here, but I do want to say that we're going to come back and talk about the types of flowers and the way that cucumbers produce their flowers because remember in this situation in this situation as far as cucumbers go we are looking to produce a plant which does produce fruit we have to produce the fruit so it's very important that we produce a cucumber plant that is putting out as many healthy buds and blossoms as possible they're getting fertilized so that they produce a fruit so when we get back we're going to talk about the unique way that cucumbers present and, uh, I don't know, what's the word, produce their flowers. It's very unusual. So hang on tight. We'll be right back. Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is on the air. Your host, Nathan Wilson, with Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, is excited about providing information every gardener and non-gardener, homeowner, and apartment dweller can use. From vegetables to containers and compost to pruning shears, Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is here for you. Now here's Nathan. Well, gang, we have been talking about cucumbers here in the New Southern Garden. Of course, cucumbers are a delicious summertime treat. They are a warm season crop, meaning that they like warmer weather. So since we've had some very cold chills, I'm not sure if we've had a frost or not. I bet some areas did this past week, even though we were below 32 degrees for a short period of time. I don't think I actually got a frost at our place. Maybe you did. Maybe you're in a microclimate. Maybe it just got very cold. And that's the risk we take when we plant vegetables too early. Remember, in our USDA hardiness zone, April 15th is our average last frost, which means you may have a frost before April 15th. You may have a frost after April 15th. So before April 15th, you sort of garden at your own risk. 
garden at your own risk because of course things can become very cool and cold here especially around easter and of course this is easter weekend so not too surprising but of course today we are talking about a warm season crop that would not benefit or like to be around cold chilly weather and that's cucumbers We've already talked about their history, their production around the United States, around the world, around some of their botanical aspects, uh, whatever. So if you've missed any part of this show and you love cucumbers, maybe not only love to eat them, or maybe you love to eat them, but you've never grown them. But say you've missed some of this program, well, you can check us out online at NewSouthernGarden.com. So getting right back into cucumbers, I do want to mention that uh, the... Producing flowers is very important with cucumbers because it is the product of the flower that we're hoping to consume. It's the fruit. Yes, folks, that's right. Whether we want to call cucumbers a vegetable or not, that's one thing. That's just marketing. But cucumber itself is a fruit. It is the product of an ovary. Okay? A lot of people don't understand that, but that's okay. It's, you're speaking botanically. It's not sweet and savory. I mean, it's more savory rather than sweet. It's not like an apple. It's not like a peach. But apples, peaches, and cucumbers come from a flower. So having the flowers is very important, very critical. So let's talk about how the flowers work on the cucumber plant. Now, most cucumber plants are going to be monoecious. Now, that is a great botanical term to remember and store away for future reference. Monoecious means that the plant produces individual male and individual female flowers on the same plant that's right every uh, see uh, along your cucumber stem you may have male flowers and you may have female flowers it's very unique very unusual i don't know it's not very unusual but it is pretty unique and pretty cool the reality here is that the male flowers uh, well, let's talk about three phases. There are three phases, three phases that monoecious cucumbers go through. Number one, the initial period, the, usually the first flowers that are produced are strictly male flowers. And then the second phase is where you have a long period when equal numbers of male and female flowers are born on the plant. And the last and third phase is when it's a very relatively short period of time, but it is when female flowers are largely predominant, maybe the only ones left on the plant. So let me tell you what all this means. First of all, a lot of folks will call me sometime in the um, early part of spring when they're, or maybe mid-spring, when their cucumber plants have grown and they've developed and they start to have flowers. And then those flowers start to fall off and there's no fruits. And people become very concerned. And I don't blame them. But really what we're seeing there is you're just seeing that first phase of cucumber sexual activity <laughs> that first phase is where the male flowers are all that's on the plant so you won't have fruits but then as the plant grows you'll have female and male flowers and you'll start to get good pollination and then you'll start to see fruits and then maybe even late in that third phase that we talked about that third phase where there's only females remember you still need some males around to pollinate the females so if there's no male flowers around and there's strictly uh, females then you won't have any flower set 
Now, let me just describe to you the difference in the male flower and the female flower. The female flower is very obvious because even at a young age, even when that flower is first developing, right behind the petals, right below the petals, uh, in between the stem and the flower petals, you will see this very swollen knot. Now, that swollen knot, of course, is the ovary. That is the baby cucumber waiting to become pollinated. So the distinguishing factor between the female and male flowers is that the male will have the petal, the flower itself, and then a smooth stem going to the main stem of the plant, whereas female flowers on cucumbers will have the petals, a swollen area right below the uh, uh, below the petals, and then a smooth stem that goes to the plant. So keep that in mind that when you are growing your cucumbers, be on the lookout. I always like to identify, and if there's any kids around, I show them the difference. Look at this. You see how this flower looks different than this flower? Well, this is the boy flower, and this is the girl flower. And so don't be uh, upset in in the first part of blooming uh, for cucumbers when you don't have many producing because it's all male flowers. Now, the other thing that's very important with the flowers that I would say before we move on is that the... um, the pollen, the pollen of cucumbers is very sticky, okay? And so it has to be moved by pollinator. It's very unlikely that uh, cucumbers or any type of plant in the cucumber family, the cucurbitaceae family, it's very unlikely that they would be pollinated by the wind. So it is very beneficial to have some flowering plants around your cucumbers because you want to attract pollinators, whether it's bees, whether it's flies, whether it's butterflies, whether it's hummingbirds, who knows, whatever will come and pollinate your flowers, you need that. Because in order to have fruit production, cucumber production, we have to have two things. We have to have male flowers, we have to have female flowers, but then we also have to have pollen being transferred from the male to the female flower. I said two things, but I guess that's three things, isn't it? Male flowers, female flowers, and good pollination happening. Those are critical if you want to produce the cucumber fruits so you can slice them up and put them on that salad in the summertime. Now, with all that being said, there is a unique situation that is usually done in greenhouse uh, cucumber production where you don't have to have pollen, you don't have to have uh, pollination, you don't have to have sexual fertilization, there is a way for cucumbers, certain cucumbers, to produce um, fruits without pollination. That is called parthenocarpic fruits. Parthenocarpic fruits. Now, it's not just unique to cucumbers, but cucumbers can do this. It's very, very cool, very unusual. But primarily, it's used in greenhouse production. Uh, Parthenocarpic fruits, they don't have any seeds, even though some occasionally may have a seed here or there. But in order to obtain a normal fruit growth and development, these parthenocarpic fruits and cultivars have to be sprayed with hormones. So I just wanted to plug that in there. It's not something we'd necessarily worry about in the garden, but if you're into the idea of producing greenhouse crops, it's a very uh, interesting way to do that. It's a possibility.
So let's get our hands dirty now and let's talk about how we're going to produce these beautiful cucumbers. We're going to give you some general ideas and topics on the best way to grow the best cucumber that you've ever grown. First of all, uh, cucumbers can be grown on a wide variety and range of soil types, which is why we can grow them all over the world and why they are being grown all over the world, one of the reasons. But they do need to be well drained. We don't want very wet soil. So that is a concern for us in the South. We don't want a heavy clay. But of course, we can amend the soil. We can plant our cucumber plants a little higher than the existing soil just to encourage good drainage. And of course, you can create raised beds and boxes to grow them in. Now, even though ideal growth on cucumbers is obtained at a pH range of 6 to 7, which is generally much higher than our soils here in the south, well, give or take, the good thing about cucumbers is they are fairly tolerant of acidic soils, which means we don't have to worry about changing the pH too much in order to grow them. I have grown them for years without taking a soil sample, without changing the pH, without putting lime on, and guess what? The cucumbers have grown fine. They've grown just well enough for my use, at least. Again, you and I, we're not trying to produce uh, six tons per acre. We just want to have tasty things to eat in the summertime. Now we're going to talk about how we plant the cucumbers, when we plant them, because we are going to grow our cucumbers from seeds, right? Whether you buy a pack of cucumber seeds or whether you go to the nurseries and buy a pack of cucumber seedlings, regardless, those seeds have been, those plants have been started from seeds. Now, ideally, you're going to sow cucumber seeds uh, when the soil temperature's at a two-inch depth. This is important because the two-inch depth takes longest to achieve a uh, 55 to 60 degree temperature. But after the danger of frost is over, and once the soil has warmed to 55 to 60 degrees Fahrenheit at the two-inch depth, you can plant your cucumber seeds. Now, how do you know when you have a two-inch depth on your soil of temperatures at 55 to 60 degrees Fahrenheit? Well, you can test it yourself if you have a soil temperature gauge, um, a thermometer of some kind. But you can also go to UGA uh, Weather. I would just Google UGA Weather, and it will pull up a link where you find your nearest uh, weather station, a UGA Weather station that's nearest you. It, you, and you'll be able to see as you scroll down, uh, there will be a list of things. There'll be the air temperature. There'll be the wind index, all these things. But you'll find the soil temperature at two inches, the soil temperature at four inches, and the soil temperature at eight inches. All you have to worry about for planting your cucumber seeds is that the temperatures have warmed to 55 to 60 degrees Fahrenheit at a two-inch depth. It's very important. Now, can you buy transplants from a nursery? Yes, I sell them at Lanier Nursery and Gardens and Flowery Branch where you can find me throughout the week. But I will say this. I have seen stronger plants be produced from planting the seed directly into the soil rather than planting a transplant. I believe that there is some kind of delay that the transplant has to reposition its roots and it takes longer. Sometimes those transplants are planted when the, when the soil is not 55 to 60 degrees, when it's not warm enough, and that will stunt them. But my aunt, she used to grow them uh, in little containers in her windowsill. I think she still does sometimes. But I'll tell you that hers kind of went slower 
as they started, whereas mine, planted in the ground, seemed to kick in faster. So it's just a fun way to do it. If you want to plant them indoors, there's nothing wrong with that. The plants are going to grow fine, for heaven's sakes. But go ahead and make sure that when you put those uh, plants in the ground, that it is warm enough. I think that may be one of the things as we try to get a jump by planting seedlings indoors. But then, of course, um, when we put them outside, if it's too cold, those seedlings can get stunted. The same with tomatoes, the same with peppers. We want to make sure that we're planting them after the danger of frost is over and particularly when the ground is warm enough. I will say this funny little story. Uh, <laughs> even though you can go and buy a soil thermometer and measure your temperature, back in the old day, before we had all these fancy doodads and gidgets, uh, old-time growers would just pull their trousers down and set their bare backside on the earth. And if it was too cold to set on the earth, then it was too cold to plant their vegetables. I'm not recommending that to anyone, but when we get back, we are going to talk about diseases and insects that may arise with your cucumbers. Hang on tight. Hey gang, do you sometimes feel like you are riding a lonely trail while gardening, all alone with no one to join in the fun? Well, join the new Southern Garden community today and find peace of mind by sharing your experiences, whether they be poor ones or successful ones. New Southern Garden is on Facebook and Instagram, so I'd love for you to friend, follow, like, share whatever it is we're doing these days. Also, you can check out our website at NewSouthernGarden.com where you can not only find every episode of the show ever, but you can also send us a question via our Contact Us page. It's never fun gardening alone. So get social with the New Southern Garden family and let's grow well. We are talking about cucumbers today, and we're very glad that you joined us because we're getting into that time of year where a lot of activity is going to be going on. It feels like, you know, winter is so slow in the landscape and the garden, but when the sun comes out, when the temperatures rise, when the cold weather is far behind us, things get rocking and rolling. So, of course, we're going to continue talking about cucumbers. If you've missed any part of this program, I would encourage you to check us out at NewSouthernGarden.com after today's episode because you will find the complete episode of today's program, but also every uh, show we've ever had will be there at NewSouthernGarden.com. Of course, we're on Facebook and Instagram and all of your favorite podcasting apps. If you ever have a question as we go into spring here, you can check us out online at NewSouthernGarden.com. Give us a contact us. Go to the contact us page, I should say, and there you can leave us a question. You can also leave questions on Facebook and Instagram. It's not a big deal. We'll be able to answer them uh, for a future Q&A session uh, in a couple of weeks or so. Now, other than planting your cucumber seeds, when the soil is fairly warm, 55 to 60 degrees Fahrenheit, we can space those seeds about 12 to 30 inches. I'm sorry, it's the other way around. We can have rows that are spaced 12 to 30 inches apart, but you can space your plants 8 to 15 inches. Now, generally, you do want to have cucumbers climbing up something. If cucumbers touch the ground while they're growing, they will have a very 
permanent yellow spot that has been shielded from sunlight. So you'll have green fruits where the sun was hitting, but the fruit bottom, the bottom side that was sitting on the ground will be yellow and touching the soil can increase your chances of fruit rots, which is not advisable, not ideal. So let's have a trellis. Let's have some kind of wire, some kind of system that it can grow up. All right, so as your plants are growing, the question then becomes, and this is how I want to spend the rest of the program today, is talking about different problems that you may have when it comes to insects and diseases. Now, of course, we did talk a bit uh, a few weeks ago. We answered a question about uh, pickle worm uh, from an individual, and you'll have to check that out at NewSouthernGarden.com for that episode. But pickle worm can be a problem. If you need controls or helps with that, then feel free to check out that episode. Now, of course, some other common insects that, or the principal group of insects that are going to be uh, attracted to your cucumbers is aphids, flea beetles, cucumber beetles, uh, spider mites, squash bugs. Yes, squash bugs, those are terrible. And squash vine borers. Maybe some corn seed maggots, cutworms, and of course, we already mentioned pickle worms. But generally, all of these will not be very serious pests every year. You may have some years that are higher with one, some that are other. But particular attention has to be given to insect activity during the seedling stage when feeding damage by cucumber beetles, in particular, can quickly defoliate young plants. So again, the concept is, Early control is essential, especially with high plant populations. If you have a lot of plants, you're going to want to get early control very quickly. So let's talk about cucumber beetle. Uh, since we've already talked about pickle worm in the past, cucumber beetle, bo- uh, beetle, both the striped and the spotted, they feed on the foliage and then later on the fruits of your cucumbers. Now, both of these, here's the problem, both of these beetles can transmit a bacterial wilt, which you do not want your vegetable, your cucumbers to have. And of course, the striped cucumber uh, can, uh, the striped cucumber beetle can also spread cucumber mosaic virus. Now, folks, viruses are deadly. That's it. Once you get a virus, it's over. Your plant has to be removed. So the larvae are going to feed on the roots and on the stems. And then uh, both beetles, the striped and the uh, other one, are just about a quarter inch long when they're mature. So they're not very huge, but big enough that you can see. Now, the striped cucumber beetle has this black head and black and yellow striped wings, while the spotted cucumber beetle has a black head and a yellowish green body with 12 black spots on its back count them and make sure you've got 12. (laughs) Now the adults appear in the early spring and they feed on the cotyledons. Those are the first little leaves that pop out of the seed. Um, They feed on those and the new leaves. So very critical. Rapid germination and seedling development will sometimes allow the plants to outgrow the severity of damage, but That's only once the vine gets started to grow. So once you see striped beetle or if you see spotted beetle, be sure to get that under control. Now, there are a wide variety of diseases that cucumbers can get. But I think that I will talk about just one or two here. Bacterial wilt. We said that the... uh, uh, that the beetle can bring in bacterial wilt. Now, this bacterial wilt is caused by a bacterium that appears as this progressive wilting of the plant, and eventually, it's death. 
It is a death sentence. It can be recognized because it will have these sticky, stringy ooze that can be squeezed from a cross-section of the stem. So if you cut off a stem and you push and squeeze, you'll have this sticky, stringy ooze. Now, the organism itself that causes this disease, it overwinters in temperatures of 50 to 70 degrees, uh, which actually favor the beetle migration and feeding pattern. So that's why they work hand in hand together. Now, there's no resistant cultivars yet, uh, but the most preventative measure you can do is to control the number of cucumber beetles. You can use insecticides on those. Uh, particularly, you could use some bifenthrin. You could use permethrin. Those are, uh, of course, more chemistry-based, but you may also use pyrethrin, which is an organic product as well. And if you catch these guys young in the larval stage you could use something more milder but since they feed on the roots it's going to be very hard to to get down under the soil you may see some along the stems however but anyhow back to bacterial wilt because again the the goal is to control the beetle control the wilt um there are some other things that you need to worry about other than bacterial wilt, like downy mildew. Of course, downy mildew is usually underneath the leaf, and you may see some white grayish there. And thracnose is going to be a problem, root knot, which is caused by nematodes. Yes, that's right. Nematodes are no fun. They are somewhat of an insect, right? <laughs> but they are very difficult to control. Now, as your little seedlings are growing, as your little seedlings are growing, you may have a disease problem called dampening off. Now, dampening off is where a seedling, uh, just right at the ground level, on the stem at ground level, it sort of turns mushy, black, a little ring around there, and then the top dies and the seedling is dead that's dampening off now that is caused by a uh, fungal issue or uh, let's see bacterial well the point is if you are planting in soil that has that problem you may want to plant them somewhere else but in order to prevent it you can mulch anytime you plant vegetables I would recommend to mulch around so water is not splashing off of the soil and onto the leaves. Water can touch the soil and then bounce up onto the foliage, especially young seedlings because they're so small and so tight to the ground, right? So if you mulch, you are going to help at least to prevent some disease issues uh, that may arise. Cucumbers are very fun. Cucumbers are exciting and of course, Cucumbers can be grown in your 2021 garden. I hope that this program has helped prepare you to grow cucumbers so that you grow the best cucumbers you've ever had. Now, of course, you can join us here every Saturday right here on 93.9 FM. This is WRWH out of Cleveland, Georgia. I'm Nathan Wilson, hoping that you stay well and grow well. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Nathan Wilson's New Southern Garden Show. If you have a comment about today's program, you can reach out to Nathan by sending an email to grow at LanierNurseryGardens.com. Also get more information at NewSouthernGarden.com. Join us next Saturday on Local News Radio 93.9 FM and AM 1350 for Nathan Wilson's New Southern Garden Show.